Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? So glad you could join us today. All you powerful parents out there taking time out of your day to become better spouses, better parents. Man, what an honor to have you spend time with us today to get a little bit better. Jessica Smart on the broadcast today, Memory Making Mom. This is a fun podcast. This is super fun. You're going to like this. Laura and I had a great time talking to Jessica. Today's podcast is brought to you by SaveTheStorks.com, Blinkist.com slash Rebel Parenting. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T.com slash Rebel Parenting for a free seven-day trial. I love Blinkist. It is 15-minute summaries of nonfiction books. I'm reading a ton of them right now. I read all the time. I'm reading a bunch of books, but sometimes I just want to feel, figure out What's the gist of the book before I read the whole thing? Sometimes I get the gist of it and I'm like, oh, awesome, that's great. I'm reading Simon Sinek, Start With Why, Jim Collins, Good to Great, a couple of Tony Robbins books, Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership, and Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. All of those available right now at Blinkist.com slash Rebel Parenting. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash rebel parenting you are going to enjoy today's podcast it is jessica smart the memory making mom without any further ado here is today's edition of rebel parenting what's up rebels so good to see you today i'm here with laura hi everybody new blonde hair yeah that's right trying it good stuff uh we have jessica smart on the podcast today homeschool mom um Talking about making memories, getting moms to detach from tech, learning how to be a worry-free mom, and helping lots of moms out there. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Oh, thank you for having mm. me. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Totally. You know what? That's Let's start with that. Let's start with detaching from tech. I think Laura and I have noticed, like, I'm a huge, huge tech person. I'm a super early adopter. I started, We were telling producer Kay and my wife, I started podcasting almost 15 years ago before iTunes was released. Like you had to have special apps for it. Like it was so convoluted. So I'm big into tech and like we're seeing moms at the park where they're like phone in face, like, oh, yeah, you know, the kids are desperate, they're jumping up and down. Like, you know, look at me, I'm swinging, I'm on the monkey bars, I'm sliding, I'm doing these things. And like parents are just gone. They're not Mm -hmm. present. What is going on with all this? Yeah, well, I mean, I would have to say, first of all, that I so relate it and I don't want to act like, you know, I'm different from those parents totally, because I totally. have been that mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a it's just a very big temptation. My mom has often said, I'm so glad that we one thing I'm so mm-hmm. thankful for is that I didn't have that distraction in my motherhood. If our moms wanted to escape socially they had to be attached to the cordless phone and you know there was a nine foot radius and they're talking to someone you know that was your option and today you know it's just a lot it's the temptations that we have are really strong um Mm. so first step of just relating i gotta jump into that that's right like let's give our parents a break and ourselves it's not just that like when i was growing up we had a corded phone like the long you know 
twisty yes. phone cord in the kitchen. So you had to be on that. And you paid by the minute. Remember minutes? Right. Like <laughs> yes. evenings and weekends were less. They could call for cheaper if it was late at night. So you couldn't even That's be so on funny. the phone that much. Exactly. Or you'd be like, hey, who's talking on the phone all day long? Like it's costing yeah. us money. Like we have right. unlimited access, unlimited data, and algorithms that are designed to keep you hooked into exactly. the next video. It's designed mm-hmm. to make you want to watch more. So yes. if you so, have that pull yeah. and that feeling that's like, oh, but I want to watch so much, it was designed for that. Totally. Mm. Exactly. So we are just, we're the product. You know, it's not the product, we're the product. And I just mm-hmm. read that somewhere. But I just think it is such a powerful, it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to escape it by saying, Oh, tomorrow I just won't do it and as much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like anything else. You have to put in place systems. You have to come clean about where you're at, and then you have to put in place systems. And I have found a couple apps on my phone. You know, the iPhone in general has a lot of settings that can block you out of certain things. You know, you can limit certain the time on certain apps, make it all shut off. I have an app that blocks off all the fun stuff during the morning when I'm homeschooling. Really? And then also in the afternoon. Now, you can get out of it. So there is that. Yeah. You know, yeah, but you yeah. have to do a little bypassing. So you have to think, you know, do I really want to get out? Is this important? And I share about that some on my website. I can give you some uh, links to put in your show notes if definitely, people are interested. Definitely. Can I ask you about that? Like, was that hard to do? And, and in a way, like not just physically hard to do, but in a way, emotionally hard to be like, you know what? I have a problem with this. I am I'm on my phone too often mm-hmm. in the morning when I have things to do and I'm having such a hard time with it that I'm going to have to set limits. Was that a difficult, not only difficult to do, but then to even talk about? I don't think so because I think comparing it to, and you know, it's not a one-to-one of other addictions, but comparing it to other things, I think it's a relief when you're, you you reach a point where you're like, this is not satisfying. Mm. And I had a a girlfriend tell me the other day, sometimes I just want to run over my phone with my car. I'm just (laughs) so done with it. And I'm like, yes, I understand. So it was almost this point of disgust of like, I don't want to be this person. And that's kind of the point of what I'm talking about in this book is that deep down, we have that internal, people don't need to hear, don't be on your phone. We know yeah. it. We know that's not satisfying. Yeah. We know, you know, people with their like, and it's such a like funny, trendy Christian thing to do of take a social media fast. <laughs> it totally is. But why do people do it? Because yeah. they're sick of it. It's not life-giving. Real life is life-giving. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading mm. an interesting book. I believe his last name is Newport Cal, Newport Digital Minimalism. Are you familiar with that book? He also has deep work. But Digital Minimalism is a fascinating philosophy where he says you kind of have to, just like with minimalism, where you choose what things you allow into your home Mm -hmm. with clutter, you're going to choose, you're going to start with your values and then you're going to choose how can I have technology that helps support what I'm trying to do. And so it's like, it's really a helpful mindset change. And because technology isn't evil. I mean, look at yeah. us, we're using it right now. <laughs> totally, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It makes it so easy to communicate. One of the things I don't think people understand, the technology addiction, especially with social media and specifically with social media. So if you post regularly on social media, there is an addictive quality and it's closest relative Absolutely is gambling addiction. And it's not like drug addiction, alcohol addiction, porn, things like that. So with drugs, 
if I'm taking drugs and I build up a tolerance, well, then just take more drugs. And if you build a tolerance, you take more drugs. Same thing with alcohol, things like that. Gambling addiction is called a variable reward system addiction where I don't know if I'm going to win or not. And that's why it's so much harder to break because it's a variable reward. It's not a guaranteed reward. Every time you gamble, you're going to win. It doesn't work that way. And social media is very, very similar in that when you post and you're waiting for those likes to come in, which is your feel good, you don't know, is it going to happen or is it not? You know, am I going to get likes today? Am I not going to get likes today? And that variable reward system makes it harder to pull away from. Mm. Yes, you've described that so well, intentionally designed. And I just relate to it all. You know, I I feel like I'm the memory making mom and I I don't ever want it to seem like, oh, I've got it all figured out. No, it's more like I see the answer very clearly, but I'm so struggling with it as well. You know, but I know the answer. The answer is get back to your people get some values in your home and embrace that. And it's all the Mm. stuff we love, nature and celebrating and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But Mm. it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Totally. As you know, you're talking about being back in nature. I actually bought a camera so that I wouldn't bring my phone with us on certain activities and outings. And it's so weird. By the way, harder to use. It was surprisingly expensive because I had to get megapixels that would actually match my phone. My phone takes better pictures than lots of point-and-shoot cameras. And it's really easy. You flip it, it's on, click, I'm done. And then the photo's right there. I can hit it to social media. You know, making memories. You want to, like, show the whole world. Look at the memories we're making. Camera, so much harder. Pull it out, turn it on, you know, take a picture, then get it home, put the photo on my computer, decide if I want to put it on social media. You know, all those things. And Hmm. not having my phone, kind of nice. Yes, absolutely. Good for you. And in the book that I just mentioned, uh, he talked about a whatever the next generation is it Gen Z or the iGen? I'm not sure what we're calling them, but a member of that generation who wanted to make a break (laughs) with technology and a really symbolic act for her was to buy a wristwatch because your phone tells you what time it is. So same sort of thing. Look at you. Good job. (laughs) I got rid of my Apple Watch. My Laura can tell you this. My Apple Watch gave me great anxiety. Like it buzzed. I can understand that. It was always like, look at me, look at me, buzz, buzz, buzz. Look, someone's texting yes, you, someone's yes, calling. Yes. You That's know, there's so a post, annoying. you know, just all. And I just said, I can't, I, I wear a Timex. I can't do it. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, good for you. I'm so terrible I think with the it. thing that I would say is just that there is hope. And, you know, it can feel really, you can feel disgusted in a sense with like, this is what my life is coming to. And I'm just checking this stupid thing 50 times a day. But you can change it. Mm-hmm. We can yeah. change it. We aren't victims of our days or Amen. our times. And we can say, all right, with the Lord's strength, I'm going to set a new trend in our home mm-hmm. and I'm going to become different in this area. We, we really can. So I'd want to encourage parents with that. Yeah. Cause your children are watching. Oh, for sure. That is convicting too. I've said that to my husband. My sons are 10 and 8 and they're going to have devices. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon. I mean, sooner than that, you know, I want to think about it. Yeah. Yes. So they're watching us to see, what do I do with this thing on Sundays? Do I rest? You know, what do I do when there's a lull in the conversation? Mm-hmm. What do I do at night when I'm tired and I'm zoned out? That will light a fire under you for change, I believe. Because they are watching what we do more than what we say. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. 
what changes have you noticed in your life as you've set limits and as you've used these apps to shut things off? What have you noticed about your life in general as you've pulled back a little bit and tried to be more intentional? So I'd say two things. One is obvious, which is it's way more fun to be in the real world than on your phone. Mm. And we all have that instinctive, you know, gut feeling anyway. Yeah. It's harder, like sitting and playing Monopoly with kids, not instant gratification on any level, but it's way more rewarding. And those are the things you lay your head on your bed at night and you're like, I'm glad I did that. When you look back at the day, those hard things are the ones that you're like, you know, that you didn't feel like doing at the moment. Yeah. So that's point number one. But point number two is, and this is always so shocking with me, I have tried to do, and I'm a total big hypocrite here because I don't do it every week, but my goal is to do tech-free Sundays. And, you know, at the end of the day, I will scratch the itch and, you know, go check and yep, see if yep. the world has collapsed and CNN has invited me on and they need a response in two hours, Yeah. <laughs> which has never happened. Anyway, <laughs> I try to do that. And what's shocking to me, so shocking every time is how little I have actually missed. When I get back on, it's like, okay, I have literally like two emails and this one message or, you know, like you scroll for like 30 seconds and you're like, this is all I have missed in 24 hours. I could have been on this thing, checking and rechecking. And there's so little <laughs> that I've missed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really, yep. That's, that's a powerful. great point. I leave my phone on do not disturb all the time and the iPhone's great because Laura's ring will come through on do not disturb, but yes, nobody exactly. else's does literally no one else, not my parents, not my friends, nobody else. And that means if I want to see if someone's called or texted, I actually have to look, I have to like physically go, Oh, that's right. I have to see it won't buzz. It won't ring. It won't do any of those things. That's helped a lot too for me. Mm. That's helped a lot. Yeah. And definitely and, you the know, uh, do not disturb while driving. Yeah. That's a big oh, yes. one. That's helping. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to say, I am not driving. And if you have to lie about that, that's <laughs> if you're wanting to check mm. something at a stoplight. Not that I've ever done that, except directions, you know. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. totally. Our kids, we were so bad at texting and driving that we bumped the, if you catch mom and dad texting and driving, we'll give you $1. We bumped it to, oh. we bumped it to 5 because it had to be painful enough to where it was like, we're going to lose money on yes. this. Like, yes. we're going to really can't do it. We're going to struggle. We got to stop doing this. And yes. that was a big deal. Yeah. That really was. It was a big deal. Yeah. When you owe your kid 15 bucks at the end of a 20 minute yeah, drive, you're like, wait, that's I not going to work. That. I love that. That's awesome. That's a way to put yourself at stake because they're watching. That's what we're talking about. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy. And that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle. And a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. 
For more information, visit SaveTheStorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? I just wanted to ask you as a home, I'm a homeschool mom and you're a homeschool mom, creating memories for kids and things of that nature. Your book talked a lot about that. Um, What would be the best way to create some memories? You said, you know, we don't have to go to these huge extremes or go into like, I haven't created any memories for my kids. Oh my gosh, they're already 12 and eight. What do I do now? Or um, just what are some simple ways that we can dive into that for all our listeners? Yes, that's a great question. On the back of the book, Mm. in large print, and I changed this at the last minute, it says it's never too late to be a memory-making mom because I really believe that. Mm. I was later in my journey when I started this. I wasn't, some people have bought this book that they're like, my baby's six months old and I'm so jealous Uh, that they're thinking of it already. You're like, how dare easy. you? <laughs> yes. Wait eight and years even, and then be guilty, you know? Right, darn it. <laughs> but there are people who have kids in, you know, high school that buy it and say, okay, you know, or, you know, just mm-hmm. that have made, been proactive and mm-hmm. switching gears. So that's the first point is put, like you said, put those thoughts out of your head. Start today. And I think the thing that I would say is to talk, first of all, with your kids because, you may have traditions that you don't even realize are traditions. Mm. You know, what do you guys love that we do? What do you love that we do at Christmas? What do we love? What are some of your favorite family memories? And you may realize that, in fact, I'm sure you will. There's already stuff in place that it's just a matter of keeping it up and keeping at it and talking it up and realizing how important it is. Mm -hmm. So keeping it up is one. And then if it was a mom that was just, you know, feeling overwhelmed and kind of like, it feels like another burden to add memory making. I would just pick a couple categories and say, mm. all right, for Christmas, for Easter, for summer, what is one tradition we can start? Pick mm. a couple categories that are important to you for faith and pick one tradition. And I have a lot of them in the book just as suggestions or just even talking to people. Everybody has one from their family. And to put it into, you know, try to be faithful in putting just a few into play. And the ROI is incredible. Mm. Like even in one thing, it just gives such a boost, I think, to your motherhood and to your family culture. And it motivates you to want to do more. Yeah. So yeah. just starting is huge. That's great. That's it is. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think because we. I grew up, my mom wrote a book called Let's Make a Memory about doing those I things. I have that book. <laughs> I read it writing this with Gloria Gaither. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think sometimes like for me, it was a little bit overwhelming because my mom had a tradition for everything. I mean, every holiday had one and then getting married and it just felt a little overwhelming in that sense. And then you're right. There are things that our kids and we like to do together and it doesn't have to be a big production. It can just be something that it's like, oh, that's our thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so that's an interesting perspective. You as a kid, you kind of felt like, are you glad you had it, all of those things? Or at the time you're just like overwhelmed? No, I'm definitely glad we had them for sure. For sure. Even as an adult looking back and, you know, there's like these things that they constantly do. They still do it today. I mean, in their 80s, we're still doing, you know, Chinese food on Christmas Eve and New Year's Day Uh is red beans and rice. Lots of food traditions. Lots of food traditions. That's important. Yeah. 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 Um, And we've carried that together as a couple, mm -hmm. um, just seeing the importance of having meals together and breaking bread together. Yeah. Connected. It is huge. It's amazing how many traditions involve food. Mm. It really is. 
Yeah. I mean, almost any one that I can think of that has been meaningful to me, food is at least somewhere in the peripheral. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same with us. I was trying to think of some of ours, and the kids asked this year. I didn't realize it had become a tradition, but we do a neighborhood Easter egg hunt on Saturday yes. before Easter. And yes. it had got so big one year that they moved it to a local park because we had. Oh, I love it. I and mean, we had close to 100 kids. It was. It was. At first, it was just neighborhood. And then it was neighborhood and friends, neighborhood and, and family, like extended family cousins could come. And then it was friends and family. And that got like, it got family crazy. It got huge. Yes. It got, it got, That's awesome. it was over. There were eight houses that did the front yard, uh, for the bigger kids. <laughs> and then one house had a backyard for the younger kids. For two you know? and under. Yeah. This is how crazy That's it got. Wonderful. Everybody brought eggs and you ran out of places to hide eggs. Like so they just yeah. like dump I remember them on the grass. <laughs> I remember being with a bunch of dads and just like throwing eggs across the lawn. Like every lawn kids were going home with like 40, 50 eggs each. Like it was okay. obscene how many. And this year, especially Lucy was like, We're doing the Easter egg hunt, right? And I was like, I don't know. Are we? Is that a thing we do? Are we like are we the Easter egg hunt family? Like, yeah. We really are. It's been her entire life we've been doing Easter egg hunts. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. So that's exhibit A of, you know, something that's happening and you didn't even realize that it meant so much probably. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think so. that's really encouraging for people out there listening because I think there's, we were talking about food, but I think there's so many other memories probably in place if you would just take a moment and look at it. Like, is there a traditional meal you always cook? on Easter or Christmas or even on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people always make pancakes and they don't even know they're making memories by every Saturday morning the kids get pancakes and Absolutely. that's starting a that's tradition. What we do. Yeah. I mean Do you do that pancakes on Saturday? We do, the whole big thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the first traditions that we put in place. And at first I thought, oh, I don't want to do this. Saturdays are just wild cards and I'll never keep it up. And I tend to be kind of like hard on myself if I don't do something. But it's so funny that when you have a tradition, it almost makes things easier because we just know that's what we're going to do. And the kids mm -hmm. get excited about it. And even if we've got a busy day, I'm up earlier making pancakes and bacon and scrambled eggs. And it's so precious to us. But really not a ton more work. I had yeah. to make breakfast anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Like, I used to make Dutch babies, uh, Dutch baby pancakes on Saturdays and haven't in a while and just got the big complaint from the family like, hey, what's the deal? Remember that? We used to do this a lot. I like that. And that's an easy one because you're right. You are going to make breakfast anyway. Why not? make it something where your kids are like, make it a yeah, thing. you know, cause it's, yeah, make it a thing. And I'm one of those parents, like it shouldn't be pancakes every day. Like we don't need that much sugar in our life exactly. every day. No, we don't. And once a week, who cares? No big deal. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. What now? What is a Dutch baby? Oh, oh Dutch baby so pancake. Good. You got to look it up. Um, uh, the batter, it, you do it in cast iron and the batter is thinner than a pancake, but it puffs up real big. So it's got. Okay, more, I'll have to look at that. It's more like egg, a crepe. A little bit, but it's more eggs than a pancake. And so okay. it'll puff up really big. And then I found that if you use cast iron muffin tins, the little ones, they make uh -huh. like miniature donuts. So they're like, they puff up and then they curl in on each other. And the kids are way into that. Well, yeah. it got well, to where I the kids in the neighborhood were coming over that's right. on yeah. Saturdays to get them. Oh. Was, so See, you, that's funny because you're like, oh, how cute. And I was like, 
Get away. Your parents need to make your own traditions. These are our Dutch babies. These are for my kids. Like, I only got one this week. Yeah, totally. I gotta be nice. I would be like that too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Care Of, one of our new sponsors. The website is takecareof.com. The code word is Rebel Parenting, 25% off your first month. It's hard to get back into a healthy routine when you've been out of it for a while. And Laura and I know this. We've been out of working out. We just joined a new gym. And I wanted to kickstart it, so I've been trying to figure out what vitamins and supplements to take. And so I went to my doctor, he did a blood panel, and he's recommended some things. And right about that time, Care Of called and said, we want to sponsor the podcast. And they provide uh, supplements, vitamins, and they've got a really neat online quiz you can take. And I was a little skeptical, but I went through the online quiz, filling out the things that I want to do. I want to lose weight, gain muscle, and help sleep, and have some stress, stuff like that. They came back with virtually the exact same thing my doctor came back with after the blood panel. Uh, He said I needed magnesium and vitamin D, creatine, protein powder. They came back with the exact same thing, and I was stoked. It makes it so easy, so convenient, shipped it right to our door, and they've got great tasting flavors. We just mix it up in our tumblers, take it throughout the day. It's really been a huge help, and... What I really look for in a company like this is the transparency. Where are the supplements coming from? How are they packaged? How are they brought to you? And they've got all of that on there. It's takecareof.com, code word, Rebel Parenting. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? Oh, that's awesome. So talk about some of the ones that you've created for your family that's like unique to your family that maybe we wouldn't know about. So we also do Sunday snack dinner. This is another food one. but um, And I've actually gotten off the train of this recently and the kids do not fail to remind me. Like even if I make something yummy, we had like this really good like grilled chicken and sides and they're like, it's Sunday. Where's all the snack food? <laughs> but that that's kind of an easy fun one. It's a way for mom to kind of get a break because you can do grabby kind of things. And then my husband would read a chapter and he were just going through the book of John and he just pulls it out. And what did I read last week? Mm. And we read a chapter, very low key. So not what's a snack food Sunday? What is snack food Sunday? So that just means for dinner, we have snacky food. So you, I might make like little burgers or popcorn chips. We don't, we, um, don't, we have some allergies, so we have to omit certain foods, but you could do, you know, look it up. There's tons of ideas, little nuts, Mm. cheeses, crackers. You just put it all together. Lots of little things, throw it out and people can kind of experiment and nibble. And we often do fondue with it where I just melt chocolate, chop up like fruits and marshmallows and so it's kind of just and we do paper plates to make it easy we also do um you know like a sparkling sometimes if i'm on my game like a sparkling drink for the kids you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. non-alcoholic but like a sparkling <laughs> sparkling bubbly <laughs> water when i get our kids fun. to bed early with a sparkling drink. right <laughs> yeah. awesome so anyway yeah just something fun Lucy just to make that. it different mm. so here's another one that I know I talk about this all the time but I think it's the best idea and I copied this from my friend Katie um, every year we have a my last name is smart so we have a smart family day and her point was we have a lot of holidays celebrating you know different faith things yeah. or love or moms or dads but we want a day to celebrate just our family so on smart family day which is like a saturday for us in the summer we 
the whole day is about us. So we'll pick something really yummy that for breakfast, you know, the whole day is like foods that we enjoy. We go do something that we've never done before. Mm. We've done, we rented a camper, we rented a boat, we went paddle boarding, you know, just something kind of that we would all enjoy. This is not a friend day. Mom doesn't go off for coffee. Neighbor kids, you know, don't tag along. Maybe do something low key, but still fun, like rent a movie or go bowling in the afternoon. And then we also do a little like award ceremony, which is like, okay, it takes like five minutes. We'll print off an award certificate from, you know, Google Images. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And fit in like, you know, best at learning to read this year or, oh. you know, good friend award. And their little faces when they get these awards, like, and we're not, you know, I mean, I confess, we're not like praying over these for weeks and weeks ahead of time. It's usually sort of a like gather in the bathroom and who's going to get what. Yeah. But it means so much to them. So it's just a day every year awesome. that you celebrate your family. Oh, oh I, I like that. That we is might, so fun. We might copy you on that one. Oh, I like yeah. that one. I love yes. it. Yeah, well, and it's great to celebrate your own family. It really is. It's fun to celebrate your own family and to look for reasons. I was just saying this ahead of time. I'm trying to tell one of my parents, like, you don't have that many times to brag on your kids. So there's a situation coming up. I'm trying to talk one of my parents into bragging on my sister. Be like, it's time to tell her how great she is in public. Like, those times don't come along, but you can make it up. You can just say, hey, we're just going to do this today. Absolutely. I'm just going to tell you how yes. awesome you are today. They'll be yeah, like, what? Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. I dig it. That's neat. And on the surface, it seems like superfluous, like just a little extra. But what I think I've realized is that these things are actually really foundational in forming a family culture. And, you know, I think as Christian parents, we have these values that we want to pass on to our kids, mm-hmm. but it's that cliche phrase. I think it was Josh McDowell that said, kids, people don't care what you know until they know what you care or something. Yep. I'm probably slaughtering that. But, you know, if the family doesn't matter and people don't feel like we're valued, we're loved for who I am, you know, this is we're special. We've got a thing. We are the smarts, you know then a lot of these extra things that we're trying to teach them may be lost. Mm. I think it, it means a lot to develop that family culture. Mm. I do too. Well, I, I think like it's that. neat. It's something that you get to come back to also mm. when I hear you talk. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, when they're older and they get to return home, those are some of the yeah. things that are easier to put in and, place. You know, my parents... I think did a pretty good job. Honestly, more my mom than my dad um, did a really good job of this. And it's still our favorite place to go as, as parent. I mean, we all have a weird situation because we all still live within 10 miles of each other, mm. but it's our favorite place to be. Mm. And that is not to say that it is perfect. There's all several times a week. There's some sort of a disagreement or discrepancy with something, you know, because yeah. we're human, yeah. but we are tight. You know, I I don't know how they did it. I'm not saying there's a formula. I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. But I just think that these things that we do mean more than, than we think. And I'm going to lump vacation in that, too. We're approaching the summer season as we're doing this. And, again, vacation was something that I thought, well, that's just like take it or leave it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It does matter. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree and with especially you. especially for the reasons we just said about getting away from tech, mm-hmm. getting out of your element, I think it is worth – you know, setting aside the money, setting aside the time. Mm. No, I I totally agree with you. In fact, Laura and I talked about this because I got into that mode where like vacation's not that big of a deal. We do stuff fun all the time. Like, you know, mm. and we do, 
but vacation is different and it doesn't have to be a bunch of money. Like this year we're going to go camping. We've got an old 15 passenger van that I put a bed in and we're all going to go camping for a week because it's important. It's important to get away. And you said a word, you said we're tight. It's that bonding experience. Mm -hmm. You've done something on purpose, intentional for the family and intrinsically and psychologically and physiologically your kids realize this is to bring us closer together this is they will have those memories i mean laura and her brothers talk about skiing or they talk about being on the boat together like they have these stories where when we all get together you know i'm a brother-in-law and there's four sister-in-laws and it's funny when i'm sitting with the sister-in-laws listening to all the siblings talk about these certain situations and it's like oh and in a way, we're outsiders, but it's fun to hear about these crazy family adventures <laughs> of, you know, four boys and a girl wow. and the parents and all the craziness and all the stuff. And and then to look at your own life and see where are we recreating those things, too. Right. Yes. And it's not always going to be some of the best ones aren't planned. It's something that goes haywire. And you remember, you know, for the rest of your life when the camper leaked and you're all stopping wet, you know, yep. those kinds of stories. I read a book by Edith Schaefer, Francis Schaefer's wife. Yeah. So she the book looks horrible. No one would ever buy it if they saw the cover. Like it's so aged, but it is the best little book. And she talks about um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the book for the, hmm, I'll get back to you on the book name. We'll look it up. Something about family. But anyway, what is the family? There you go. Sorry. What is a family? There's a section on um, vacation and spontaneous adventures. And she has a little phrase that stuck in my head so much. It said, there's something about knowing that your mom and dad wanted to be with you. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? With a vacation or in a little adventure, the delight in feeling that mom and dad wanted to be with us. Like they chose this. It's not like get in the car, Mm. we have a soccer game. You know, I I just, it was so touching. And I thought, I want my kids to see, you know, we like them. Yeah, that's huge. It is, it's super deep. It says, I chose to go away with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with you people yeah. yeah you know grasp that and i i have a part in my book about vacations it's one of my favorite chapters because i love talking about it but you know it's funny that kids don't get together and say mom and dad have been so nice they just planned this <laughs> trip for us they spent all this money let's go be on our best behavior Ugh. no, no. Usually somebody is arguing because of a malignant swiping of an Etch-A-Sketch and the wrong radio (laughs) and can't find, you know, so it's like, it always goes haywire Mm -hmm. and you don't go into it realizing that it's going to have all these warm maternal feelings because it's probably going to be stressful. Yes. But it's worth it. It is. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's totally worth it. That's right. I'm going to start planning our camping trip more. That's a fantastic, fantastic, yeah. You realize that when you're older, especially when you're coming into adulthood yourself. And when you look back on that, you're like, whoa, they chose. And here's the truth, too. Like, our son's going to turn 13 this year. We're going to have a teenager. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. And he's the sweetest boy in the whole world right now. Like, he couldn't be any kinder or more courteous and considerate. And he says, thank you for things. And he's He's in Well, good job, guys. Uh, it's him. He was born this way for sure. Like <laughs> I wish I could take credit for this. He is such a great kid. And who knows? The teen years are coming. He might turn into a very typical teen that's like angsty and you know, all those types of things. Yeah. It's yeah. really important to still choose your family in those times. Like, yes. hey, 
you know you're being ugly. We know you're being ugly. We're going to do this together anyway. Yeah. And I think that's an important one. Mm. Well, and I think yes, if, for sure. if some of those traditions are already in place or if you're already thinking about putting them in, it's easier when you face those ugly years maybe or transitional years, whatever you want to call them, to already have some history an anchor to those traditions yeah yeah um, yeah i'm not approaching that stage yet but you know there's always little phases our kids go through i have thought before that when you get in those stages a good like motto and i don't know if this makes sense but big in discipline but big in love like if you're going to increase the discipline you're going to up the love so like those rituals you know you're right it's so important to not lose sight of that and maybe add like Let's do this just you and me. Let's go grab some, let's go get a pizza. Let's go hang out. At the times when that person, that child may not be the favorite on your list. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Jess, let me ask you this, because you said something important. Uh, My mom was the memory maker in our family, the tradition maker for sure. And you are for your family. What are some of the things dads can do when they're feeling a little bit left out in this area? Like, I don't know, what am I going to do with traditions? I think that's a great question, and I'm so glad you brought that up. And my husband is such a good foil for me because I don't know if y'all can tell, but I can be a little uptight and, you know, the tradition monster. (laughs) And he's very laid back. And so I think what I would say is to capitalize on your own strength and not feel like you've got to do what the other spouse is doing or telling you that they need to do, but find a tradition that feels good for you. So this is my husband's tradition, and it's actually become really beloved. When I make a meal that everybody really loves – they do a slow clap and they go like, oh, you know what this slows yeah. And then they go, yay, mom. Okay, it takes like 15 seconds, but it's another thing that's like, this is our family. This is what we do. Yeah. So he's implemented that. He likes it. That's something he can do. Yeah. You know, it feels okay. It feels right for him. Mm-hmm. So I'd say pick like whatever you is your thing. You know, maybe it's, I, I don't know. You know, I would just say, pick something that feels right and normal and don't forget all of the, you know, shoulds. Sure, sure. You know. And how good does it feel when you've cooked, when you've taken time, when you've poured yourself into something and all of a sudden you start hearing that slow clap. You're like, oh. I know. I know. That's got to feel pretty good. It's sweet, yeah. Sometimes I've made some not winners and I'm like, don't do not do the slow clap. We know this didn't earn it. (laughs) They're like, mom, we just want you to feel better. Oh, that is awesome. That'd be my kids. Um, I think, well, you also talked about music being a tradition, possibly. Um, Could you talk a little bit about that? Because we're huge into music and letting our kids listen to music. And with a teen, he's starting to have his own music that he likes to listen to. Listen, I'm just going to say this up front. We're huge (laughs) into music. Like, Laura and I, just to the right, you can't see this. There's probably... 800 vinyl records on in our shelf over here. Oh, like, wow. We're music. into it. And I realized I was playing garbage music around my kids because mm. I love great music. I really do. I mean, my parents were huge into it when I was growing up. My dad mm. was into the Mamas and the Papas and the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> and like really classic good music. And me too. And... I like some garbage pop music and I was playing that around my kids and I was like, I have to stop this. I won't play anything that's not classic rock or better in front of them now because I just noticed like they were playing like, like he was asking Alexa to play baby shark. And like, I was like, no, like you, 
not that. Like any yes. anything but well, that. Well, you know, maybe you guys could share some way. I love hearing from families that are because I am not musical. My husband. Um, is the more musical one. Mm. But for me, not being musical, just going to concerts, you know, I think it's a good goal to, on all different kinds. I went to see the Messiah in college. Kids should go see the Messiah Mm. when they're like, you know, age appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, and I mean, honestly, I'm going to sound like a homeschooling nerd here, but I think classical music, like exposing them to that, you know, and just, it can be as simple as just having it on in the background Mm -hmm. as a homeschooling mom, which, you know, you do, you can just play it while they're doing math and they'll groan and whatever, but then it starts to get to be familiar and they recognize the tune. So just music is so easy because it, you can just have it in the periphery of life Mm -hmm. and, you know, it becomes a tradition. This is, we, my mom always played this when she was making dinner and it sets a tone. Oh goodness. And that can be good and bad. So Laura is great about that. She'll play records for our kids, which is very, very new to the younger generation because records were meant to be played side A, then side B. There was like a, um, like a, a flow to a record or a theme to a record. Oh, yeah. So she'll play a record. She'll put the, the cover up so you can see what it looks like, you know, things like that. That's a good version of it. My mom, every Christmas morning, would wake us up by playing the vinyl record of Evie, Come On, Ring Those Bells for us. I don't know if you're familiar with that. <laughs> I oh, I got to play that, that this oh, Christmas. My sister and I would be like, no! like just grown and that's hilarious. it's totally funny to us now but then when we were young oh for sure we yelled and screamed about it we just couldn't believe she was playing come on ring those bells oh my come goodness on. i can sing I, I the whole that. song too it has been burned into my memory yeah oh i love that which is a good note that when kids are groaning and whining and rolling their eyes just keep it up yeah you're on to something they wouldn't do that if they weren't involved somehow they totally wouldn't exactly oh my goodness jessica this has been so much fun wow i you know sometimes you don't know how a program is going to go you're like really like this was going to be a mom's on the mic it was going to be Kristen and laura and Kristen's like, no, I think you guys should do it. I think you'll like it. I think it'll be fun. This is totally fun. I'm super inspired. Yeah, I'm excited for the oh, summer you're months. Awesome. And Me too. Thank you so much. I appreciate for you guys giving time to this message. I think it, it is so important today. Yes. So I'm so grateful for your enthusiasm. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Definitely. Thanks for being on the program. We totally appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening, Rebels. Hope you got some ideas today on making memories with your family. Laura and I just bought a backgammon set at a garage sale. Four bucks for a perfect condition backgammon set. Now I've taught Lincoln how to play. I haven't beat him one time since I taught him to play. He beat me the very first game. Keeps beating me every time. He loves it, helping him with math. Lucy's involved now. We're still playing Tip the Waiter. If you haven't seen that game, you can find that on Amazon. All these new ways to make memories with your family. Thanks also to our special sponsor, The Voice of the Martyrs at persecution.com. The Voice of the Martyrs, helping those being persecuted for the gospel around the world for more than 50 years. And the 15-minute summary of nonfiction books. It's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Rebel Parenting, free seven-day trial. Find out what's in the book before you read it or just get the main points and move on. A great way to learn. You can listen to the audio version in your car while you're driving. You can listen to it after you're listening to the Rebel Parenting Podcast. 
We love them. And by supporting our sponsors, you support the work of Rebel Parenting. And when your marriage is good, every aspect of your life is better. When your marriage is firing on all cylinders, every other part of your life is better. And together, we can achieve that. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.